long and difficult journey. Uh, but verse number 24 is a key uh, to the whole chapter in understanding uh, this uh, journey. And here's what he concludes. Here's what he concludes. This is the day which, which the Lord hath made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. As we go along in the journey, we'll find that this day is a difficult day, but he concludes, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. He chastens me sore, but not unto death, and he declares, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to preach on this subject tonight, rejoicing in this day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach tonight. I do hunger for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I've asked you so many times today. I hunger for that. I don't want to just give a sermon outline. I don't want to just give a sermon truth. Lord, I want the truth to permeate our minds and our hearts to the place that it will affect our lives. Most importantly, it will affect in a positive way our relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the great tools of Satan to rob us of the joy and happiness of a day is to either get us to look back to the good old days or to look ahead to the promise of better days. All the while, either looking back at the good old days or looking ahead for a better day, we miss the joy and the blessings of this day. Psalm 118 focuses on not the circumstances of life. It focuses on the faithfulness and the goodness of the Lord. If you studied the psalm in detail, you would find that it is not a psalm of good circumstances, but it is a journey through life where many of the days are not so pleasant days and some of them are very difficult. But in every day, the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. I thank God tonight for his mercy. And I would like for you to look not only at your circumstances, but your blessings. And I would like to see mercy raised up in the priority list or the blessings of the Lord. I'm thankful for the mercy of the Lord. Now, his mercy is loving, but mercy is more than love. His mercy is gracious, but his mercy is far different than grace. His mercy is compassionate, but his mercy is more than compassion. Don't miss the definition. Mercy is compassion and forgiveness towards someone to whom it is within one's power and right to punish or harm. Now I want to read it again. Mercy is compassion and forgiveness towards someone to whom it is within one's power and right to punish or harm. Mercy is performed out of a desire to relieve a pain or a suffering that is deserved. Now God's grace is God's giving us something we don't deserve. But God's mercy is God not giving us something that we do deserve. God's mercy relieves us of what is deserved. Take your Bibles and go quickly to Ephesians chapter 2 if you will. 
Mark your Bibles in Psalm 118, but go to Ephesians chapter 2. Notice in Ephesians chapter 2, if you will, and beginning in verse number 3, as we look at the mercy of the Lord, the Bible says in verse number 3, among whom we also, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. We deserve the wrath of God because we are by nature the children of sinners or by nature the children of wrath even as others. Oh, I love this. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. So grace he gave me, what I didn't deserve, but it was in his power. It was within his right to punish me for my sin, but his mercy said I'm not going to give him what he deserves. Folks often give their attention to God only when a tragedy strikes. And that attention given to God in the time of a tragedy is often negative, it's often critical, and often blaming God and asking the question, why would God allow this? But when you read the law of God, and you read the word of God, and you read how we are commanded to live, and you compare how we live to how we're supposed to live as a nation, we're thankful for the mercy of God that's given to us every day. Are you with me on that statement? You know what I mean? We often, we often, we don't think about God until something bad happens. and say, well, God, what's wrong? What'd you do that for? But what we forget is there is a standard by which we are to live by that we ignore when things are going well. And when we break the commandment, when we break the law of God, we deserve the punishment of God as given in the scripture and if God were not rich in mercy and we received what we deserved, we would be in a heap of trouble. So tonight, as we look at his mercy, we say, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, our culture, which is steeped in selfishness and an anti-God agenda, is constantly pulling us away from the word of God, which is the anchor of our soul. We're pulled astray, oftentimes slowly, without recognizing how far we get from God and his word. We're slowly lured away like a boat is slowly moving away from the shore. The world is always wanting more to the place that we, what we have is either not uh, enough or not good enough or even less than what is needed rather than being thankful for the goodness of the Lord in our lives. I'm preaching tonight for us to go away and say, you know what, the Lord is actually better to me than I deserve and this is the day which the Lord hath made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 55, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, 
come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. That's what I did, and he, and he took me up on it. I didn't have anything to buy salvation, so he gave it to me. I didn't have anything to purchase eternal life with, so he gave it to me. I was thirsty, and he satisfied my thirst. I was hungry, and he satisfied my hunger. That's what the, uh, Isaiah said. And then he goes on to say, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. The fatness is not the things of the world, but it's the things of God. He said, I gave you bread that satisfied. I gave you water that took your thirst away. Why do you want to waste your money on things that don't satisfy and things that don't uh, take your thirst away? Eat that which is good. Be satisfied in the goodness of God. There are too many Christians tonight looking at their circumstances, deciding if they're going to have a good day or not. You need to quit looking at your circumstance and start looking at your relationship and say, this is the day the Lord hath made We'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'm glad his mercy endureth forever. In America, it just seems the thing to do for politicians to make promises to make things better. Now, I understand growth. I understand that. I understand and I'm thankful for things that have improved. I'm thankful uh, for medicine that has improved. And I'm trying to think of something else that has. Uh, but anyway, uh, I understand growth. I understand that. But if we're not careful, we, we get caught up in a culture where everybody's promising to make things better when the truth is we have it better than any generation that's ever lived in America. We throw more away than three generations ever had in their life. We throw more away than what they had. It would be best to look back at where we were rather than we, where we wish we were and be thankful for where we are today. I'm going to give you three simple statements tonight. How can we rejoice in the Lord today? How do you rejoice in the Lord today? Did, did Preacher, did you wake up with that overwhelming feeling? Uh, was there an emotion that came over? What, what caused you to say, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad. What caused the psalmist uh, to declare this in the middle of this great psalm? This is the day which the Lord hath made. Uh, we'll rejoice and be glad in it. What causes that? Uh, what allows that to happen? I'm going to give you three things. First of all, make a decision to. Look at verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. Notice the decision of the will. To rejoice today is a decision. There are too many folks that let their emotion be the engine of the train rather than the caboose of the train. I like emotion, but it can't drive the train. It can't power the train. And if it does, it powers the train one day out of seven. And the other uh, six days, it sits at the station uh, whining and crying. I I've decided to let the Lord be the engine of the train. And I'm thankful for the days that have good circumstances and good emotions. But we ought to decide tonight, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Well, preacher, what if this is a bad day? Well, he says here, if you look at the psalm in Psalm 18, here in verse number 18, the Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. It could be worse. 
Were it not for his mercy, it would be worse. I didn't get all that I deserved. I didn't get every lick I earned. He's been mighty good, so I'll rejoice in the day. Teenager, you ought to thank God for whatever age you are today. You ought to be thankful and you ought to decide I'm going to enjoy every day of 13 years old or 14 years old or 15 years old. Uh, college students, you ought, to, you ought to rejoice, even if you are a junior. Even for the second time, you ought to rejoice in the Lord. You learn half of it the first time, the other half this time, you get to go on and be a senior next time. You ought to decide today, rejoice. We're not waiting, oh Lord, give me the feeling, give me the emotion that I can rejoice in the day. He's already been merciful. It could be worse in our life. Thank God for his mercy that it is what it is. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Listen to this statement. Please, making a decision to rejoice in today is a decision to be satisfied with God today. Making a decision to rejoice in today is a decision to tell God, I'm satisfied with you today. I'm satisfied with you today. If I need a day of difficulty to turn my heart and my trust toward you, this is the day you made for me, and I'm going to rejoice in it. Be careful about complaining in today because what we're really doing is saying, God, I'm not happy with the way you're managing my life. And God could say, well, let me take away my mercy and give you what you deserve then. Then we would say, oh, no, 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 wait a minute, that's all right. I'll rejoice in the day. The children of Israel complained in the wilderness until they all died in the wilderness. There was a time everybody died except teenagers and down. 19 years old and down, uh, past 20 and above, they died. You know why? They didn't commit the sin of alcoholism or drug addiction or immorality. They didn't commit the sin of cursing and swearing. You know what they did? They complained. Boy, their complaint caused a lot of problems. So if I rejoice today, now I know your prayer requests. I know what they are. There, there's, uh, there's 300 prayer requests that I know of in here tonight. And there's some folks hurting. There's some folks at home tonight watching online. They, they, they would love to be in church tonight. They're not able to be in church. There are folks tonight, they, they wish they could go back. And they were faithful in church some 30 and 40 and 50 years. They're not able to be in church. They, they would love to be in church tonight. The children of Israel, listen to this statement. They never enjoyed the promised land because they didn't enjoy the provision in the wilderness. Think about it. They never enjoyed the promised land. You know why? They complained about the provision in the wilderness. Let's just make a decision. I might not be able to, I might not be able to have happiness, but I can have joy in the day. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. First of all, it's a decision. Second of all, it is a determination. And that means it's not just a decision today, it's a decision tomorrow. It's a decision every day. 
life is up and life is down. Sometimes I need God to get my attention more days than others. Sometimes I have enough sense to give God uh, the attention that he deserves without a trial, without a problem, without a burden. Sometimes I just have enough sense uh, to give God my, uh, my uh, praise and my, and, and my worship and my love and my attention. But I have to make not only a decision uh, to rejoice in the day, I have to make a determination. Third of all, I have to make a direction. What does that mean? That means to make a plan. Make a plan. Go ahead and decide about tomorrow today. By the way, by the way, if you don't enjoy today, you're not going to enjoy tomorrow when you get there. If you don't enjoy today, you're not even going to enjoy next week. There are folks here tonight, they're, they're, they're hurting. Some folks are lonely. They've had a husband or a wife go to heaven in the last year. Their hearts are broken. They don't enjoy the fact that their spouse has gone. But they do know this. This is the day which the Lord hath made. He made this day for me. He made the circumstances that I'm in. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to tell you something. You rejoice in God and you praise God for who he is and what he did and what he does in your life. He'll go with you in your day. Learning to enjoy this day. I said learning. Learning to enjoy this day teaches you to enjoy tomorrow when it comes. If you don't enjoy this building, you won't enjoy the next building. If you're not thankful for the meal you had today, you won't be thankful tomorrow. We must, we must decide. We must determine. We must make it a direction in life. Listen to me. We need to rear our children to be thankful for today's provision. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. And, and one of the most fearful things in my life would be to, would be to brag about something that's been a success in, 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 in my life. But, but I'm telling you one thing my wife and I committed to many years ago. We, we went to a funeral today of, of uh, the uh, a pediatrician of our, our boys, and, uh, and maybe our girls too, but pediatrician that we went to 30-some uh, uh, years ago, uh, Priscilla Lynn. What, what a blessing she was, a little short lady, and just, just a kind lady, and she took care of our boys and, and, and our girls for a little while. And, uh, but here's what we determined to do. We're not going to complain about God's provisions. Right. We're going to be thankful for everything God does in our life not going to complain about what we drive, where we live, or what we eat, what we have to wear. We're going to be thankful. And I'm going to tell you something, but there's not, there's not been a reason to complain. God's been better to us than we deserve. You know why? His mercy endureth forever. It could be worse. I read this story some time ago. I love this story. A writer by the name of James Boyce he wrote of three martyrs in France who relied on Psalm 118 as they faced execution for preaching the gospel. Louis Rang, a Huguenot pastor, was condemned to die in Grenoble in 1745 in France. He was offered life if he would renounce his faith in Christ but Louis Rang rejected the offer. As he was led to the scaffold, 
to be hanged. He sang a song based on Psalm 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. He said, this is the day God made for me. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in this day. He said, and I quote, Here now is the happy day for which we've been waiting. Sing praise to God who gives us joy and pleasures unabating. What do you think he was talking about? His circumstances? Absolutely not. He was talking about the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. That's what he was talking about. A few weeks later, another Huguenot pastor, Jacques Roger, strengthened himself with this same verse. He was 70 years of age. For 40 years, his enemies had tried to catch him and stop him from winning souls and preaching the gospel. He spent his last days in prison encouraging other pastors to remain true to the faith. As he was led to the execution, he sang the same verse that Lewis Rang had sung. This is the day which the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. The last of the Huguenot martyrs in France was Francois Rocher. He died in 1762. It was 17 years after Rang and Roger were executed. He too was offered freedom if he would renounce his faith in Christ. But he too refused. And as he went up the ladder to the scaffold, they said you could hear him sing the words, Here now is the happy day for which we have been waiting. Sing praise to God who gives us joy and pleasures unabating. Now we're not facing martyrdom tonight for our faith, but we are facing difficult trials. We've experienced salvation through the faith, through our faith and grace in Christ. Lord, be filled with joy and thanksgiving. It may not be the emotion of our heart, but it can be the decision of our will. In 1871, much of the city of Chicago was on fire. Hundreds of people died and four square miles of the city of Chicago burned to the ground, 1871. The Great Chicago Fire was one of the worst disasters in America during the 19th century. One of Chicago's residents, residents a man by the name of Horatio Spafford, a good friend of D.L. Moody, and a man that lived out his faith. Despite, despite great personal loss in his own property and assets, Horatio and his wife Anna and their family dedicated themselves to helping the people of Chicago who had become impoverished by the fire. They worked for several years, hard work, helping others recover from their losses. The Spaffords decided they would take a well-earned vacation. And that vacation would be to go with D.L. Moody to Great Britain and help him in one of his revival campaigns. His wife, Horatio's wife, Anna, and their four daughters went ahead while Horatio finished up some of his own business and then he planned to join them a few days later on a ship that would come behind them. En route, 
the ship that Anna and the girls were traveling on collided with another ship. It sank within minutes. Anna and the girls were thrown into the cold black waters of the Atlantic Ocean. Only Anna, the mother, survived. As hard as she tried, she could not save even one of her daughters. Anna was found unconscious, floating on a piece of wreckage. After her rescue, she sent a heart-rending telegram to her husband in Chicago that simply read, Saved Alone. Horatio boarded the next ship to Europe to be reunited with his wife. As he was en route, the captain called Horatio to the bridge of the ship. When they reached the spot where his daughters had drowned, Horatio stood looking out into the blackness of the sea, heartbroken, tears running down his face, with only his faith to sustain him. He would later take a pencil and a piece of paper and write the words, When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrow, like sea, billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well. It is well with my soul. This is the day the Lord has made for me. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you.